Yo. Oh, we're on. Oh, we're on. We are so on. I'm sorry about that last 10 minutes, but we are on Heckin' Cool Dad's Podcast Episode 3. We've episode made it. Three. Uh, this time, neither one of us are drinking. <laughs> this shit is getting progressively worse. It's Tuesday. Well, but drinking's fine. Yeah. I've Thirsty been, Tuesday. I've been drinking for four days solid with my family and need to give my liver a break. You basically got you got right into what I was going to ask about, which was, uh, what have you been up to since we've last got together? Well, you know, I took a took a little holiday for Easter. Um, went up to Grand Rapids, Michigan, where where I'm from. Oh, I learned it on episode one. You did, and uh, my brother came down uh, from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. My sisters live in town, and we all just kind of hung out in Airbnb for a few days out in outside of. Okay, the city. so. So you went back to where you're from, but you guys all basically got a hotel. Well, my mom's house is smaller, and it is when we're all there, it's just every, oh, okay. with the kids. And now that there's more kids, everybody's like in each other's faces. And so my brother and his wife and son, and then uh, my wife and our kids, we got an Airbnb together, and then everybody just hung out there with us got the whole it. time. So, okay. yeah. So it wasn't you- like everybody just... But I also, an interesting thing, though, is when I go back home to my mom's house and I go to her house, I never lived in that house. So, like, okay. it doesn't feel like home. I, I feel weird saying that because, of course, when you're around your family, it's home. Like, when I'm, like, hanging out with my mom, I'm at home and I'm in the, at home. And I'm at home <laughs> in, like, the town I grew up in. But it's just weird because, yeah, there's I don't have any emotional connection to the house that she's in. Got it. Yeah, we uh we didn't do much for Easter. We actually hung around here. This is the first first major holiday in a while that we just did nothing. And I think collectively we just decided like just fuck it. Hey, fuck it all together. Uh we we did nothing. We got some cute pictures of the kids. My wife actually bought You did. Yeah, you saw them, right? I saw them. Yeah, my my wife actually bought a custom dress for Eloise cuz way in advance, the same lady that made her 1-year-old dress. Um, she spent like an obnoxious amount of money on like a custom dress. It was perfect. Um, so keep going. No, no, that's, I mean, honestly, that story was going nowhere. It's just funny. Cause you were like, we just collectively as a family decided to say, fuck it on Easter, not do anything. <laughs> but my wife ordered a custom dress for her. <laughs> so we thought we were going to do something. <laughs> Life has been crazy lately, but, um, and I think we looked at that like, all right, it's Sunday. It's the last day before we go back to work. Life has been so crazy. Let's just fucking relax and that's what it was we just fucking relaxed um i'm trying to think of it's it's hard because we do these podcasts every two weeks and and obviously if you're watching this we did not do this on sunday we typically record on sunday and because of easter and colin being out of town we didn't we're actually recording uh on tuesday as you said and we're gonna throw it up on wednesday i think live in jeff's basement exactly we're trying something new this uh unfinished basement but something that doesn't change Looks like Jeff's basement. It's, that's not Jeff's basement. Yeah. Wayne's World. So this is, uh, we still have some music gear. So I actually, this was laying all over my basement. I pulled it together in one spot to give us anything to look at. So This does kind of look like a wireframe version of our setup. Uh-huh. It's like the, yeah, exactly. It's like the prototype. If, uh, if all the nerd shit, if all the gear was good, um, I don't mind my gear. I have uh before you leave today, remind me to give you that damn pedal. Oh yeah. We've been we've literally I think we've talked about this on two podcasts now, on both of them. Um I'm, it's right here. I'm going to give it to you. I might 
I might make that like the way we end this episode. Like I go. present you there a decimator go. pedal. Uh, yeah, I we I finally got to play that seven string at full volume with my rig last week, and that was something that happened. Was just you ever like you know you have like a band practice. You, you have a lot of you've been in bands for a long time, and you have a lot of shitty practices or not shitty, but just kind of like, yeah, we practice unproductive on un- not necessarily even productive just yeah. where you just weren't gelling, you okay. know, I mean, like there's that's an been off like night. The, that's been the last year of this band, <laughs> honestly. Um, well we hadn't been together in a while. Uh, everybody was busy. Wes went out with the end of the ocean, did a bunch of stuff. And, uh, we finally had a chance to get in the same room and, and jam. And it just, it had been a, it had been a rough week and, we just kind of let loose and it was, you know, it was one of those we walked out. I was like, man, that was like one of the best practices in a long time. And I don't know if you're like this, but like with new, when you get new gear, I, you know, I was, like I said, I was playing that seven string with like my rig for the first time. And it totally was like, it like was like, this is what we needed to sound like. Yeah. Like it worked, but you know, I got to stop touching that. Um, <laughs> but it's, do you ever like when you get a new piece of equipment feel almost like it's like a good change of scenery for oh, your, yeah. for your fingers. Absolutely. And all of a sudden you're like, like I was in a creative rut and then I got this new guitar and it's all of a sudden like, oh, <clears throat> Maranatha riff after Maranatha riff are just coming out. Like, and it's like fresh stuff. So you, you, I think you can testify to this too, is the longer you're in a band, the more thought you put into stuff. And when you stop having just fucking fun and just fucking off going, oh, we should do something like this. And like you throw some shit out there and it sounds great and everybody's jiving on it. Uh, and then you sit down and you try to write or you try to keep you know, your sound going. And that's, that's where everybody gets fucked. Um, we haven't had a vocalist for quite some time. So our vocalist moved away and we were kind of debating whether to, you know, kind of throw it in or throw in the towel or uh, pick it up. And because of that, we have not written, but we, well, I'll say we wrote two or three songs, but we should have had way fucking more than that. The problem is we try to overwrite to compensate for the fact that there are no vocals right there. So I don't know how the fuck into the ocean does it. Because they just don't have vocals. Yeah. Like, I would be overwriting all day long in yeah. that band. Um, so this is also... I, I'm going to switch gears for a moment. So this is your first time in the house. I, it is. Yeah. And I didn't really give you the formal tour, um, but... This is it. Yeah, yeah, this is this is it. It's very exciting. It's the um, biggest fucking basement I've been in in a long time. It's, it's not a bad-sized basement. Actually, right where we're sitting, I'm going to finish this area and make this to the the standard podcast area. Um, but I just haven't got around to it. Cause like I said, life has fucking been crazy. Um, you see how far I drive. Oh man, this, you know, he, he texted me earlier, his address and said, he, you texted me. <laughs> I'm like, like, like the camera is another person. Uh, you sent me your address and you're like, it's basically Canada. And it's like, I knew where you lived generally, but like, no, this is fucking up yeah. there. You know what? It's like, it's, it's about 10 minutes further than you expect it to be. And so you hit that point and you're like, what the fuck? And then you have 10 minutes. Yeah. 10 minutes is not a big deal. But when it's at the end of where you thought it was going to be, it fucking sucks. Um, so did you pass that uh, old barn? Yes. Cool, uh, cool fucking okay, barn though, right? Like, I was driving past and I was like, well, that's like prime music video or band photo shoot yeah. spot right there. Getting, what is the deal with that? Well, okay. So the company um, that bought this land and we built the house on, um, they own that as well. And they were trying to sell it off. They finally got approval to make it a second community. So that's going to get leveled. Um, and they're going to build basically this same community there. 
Um, not a not a bad thing because my number one complaint about living here was the fact that it's it's cool, it's community, there's kids, but like I want uh, my kid to go out and like really be able to kind of travel further than this little niche community that we're in. So now they're connecting that one, and we actually just heard a few days ago that they're going to potentially put one right behind us. Crazy. Up. I don't. I'm still undecided on how I feel about that one. There's some suburban sprawl up here. Dude, they're fucking. They're throwing them up. But that barn, that barn, uh, every time I drive by it, I fucking stare at it every time. I, I want to go in it, but I know there's there are critters in there, and I don't do critters. Uh, but I, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't do critters. That was like the most Ohio you ever sounded. Yeah, no. I don't do critters. I don't do critters. <laughs> uh, and there's been, there's been no shortage of critters since I've been out here. I mean, as soon as we moved in, there was a fucking door-to-door salesman coming around like, uh, Hey, you know, we're from this company and we sell preventative bug maintenance, which means like you don't have a problem now, but you came out here and stirred up this fucking ecosystem and they're going to be looking for somewhere to go. So let us prevent you from ever getting bugs. And I was like, dude, where the fuck do I sign? (laughs) You know, as you were telling me that I was like, my first thought before you finish the story was what a fucking racket. (laughs) Give me a break. That's like, like, yeah. It's like selling ghost insurance or something like that. But at the same time, it, it is makes sense. The ecosystem thing. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. Capitalism fucked this place up. Yeah. No. And the bugs are going to need a place to live. Absolutely. And it won't be this house because I've got a fucking Fort Knox barrier. They come around four times a year and tailor the quarterly maintenance. They tailor it to the season, uh, the area, what kind of bugs will be out there. They dust for cobwebs which, if you don't know, are just fucking vacant. They're foreclosed-upon spider homes. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't fuck with any of that. We had... Uh, I saw a mouse in the garage, and I was like, oh, fuck that. I'm calling these dudes. And that's one thing you can also do, is they come out for quarterly, and then you can also call them, and they'll come out anytime you want. Like, I call, Dude, I called them right the fuck up. I was like, look. They walk was, in, you're standing on the counter going, ah! <laughs> Dude, there was, I was like, there's a Sorry. mouse in the garage. Uh... You got to do something. So they put down some sticky traps and I'm not shitting you. The next day I, I was like, oh, there's a, f- I fucking see a tail hanging out of it. I called him back because I wasn't even going to remove it. I called him back and was like, come get it. And then when you come get it, put some more than fucking traps down. When he came out, there were six mice in the one trap. It, you know, I actually felt a little bad. Like I'm going to tell this story and I'm going to get fucking shunned by animal lovers, but like it was a big mouse and then it was a whole bunch of little mice. Like. <laughs> Just one by one, they followed in like, oh, fuck, you're stuck. Let me help. Ah, shit, I'm stuck. Oh, fuck, you're stuck. Let me help. And it was just, you know, rinse and repeat. But did you ever go to like abandoned shit like that when you were growing up? It Was that a thing? Because it's a big thing now, the urban yeah, exploration. Yeah, we. I didn't do that stuff. I did, you know, it. It is. it was different back then. You know, you, like, I don't like feel super good about letting my kids just like go oh yeah you know like we have oh, a, I, de- we, I definitely didn't have permission we have a fairly contained neighborhood and w- so within our neighborhood i'm kind of cool with that but like as a kid i remember like we would like fucking oh, get on yeah. bikes and 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 my mom would just say you know come back at whatever time call me at whoever's house you're at yeah. and i would bike two miles away and you know and it's like so we would get into like construction sites and stuff like that yeah. we didn't do we didn't really Railroad go into tracks. like a, abandoned shit uh but uh a little bit we also did a lot, you know, like I said, we lived on that man-made lake by the mall. Oh, yeah, the parking lot water. Yeah, so we would, like, fucking, you know, go 
behind the mall and, you know, see what's in the big recycling piles and the pallet wood climb on wood pallets and shit yeah. behind built stores. We yeah. did that stuff, but we didn't go into like abandoned shit. I did some, I was too scared. <laughs> well, I did some dirty shit as a kid. Like I, I look back now and like things I would never let my kid do. I just fucking did. I don't, I don't know if it was the time or if it was just the area I grew up in. Like I got a little bit of dirt ball in me. I used to climb in trash cans, uh, fucking, I would find things and be like, I mean, I, maybe I had some like hoarding tendencies because I would find things like, oh, I can fix this. And like my friends would be like, you have, no, you have no idea what's wrong with that. Like it's in the trash. Somebody probably tried to fix it. I'm like, they're not me. I will fucking fix this. My, my little brother was like that. Yeah. I, there was like in my mom's basement, there's so much shit that's just like pieces of garbage. Yeah. And, story about that because we were talking about pedals and uh, Jesus Christ. Hey, guys. Uh, f- if you just jumped, like, I'm going to try and lower the volume on that, but there's no <laughs> I just hit of, the mic stand so hard. No, you fucking karate chopped. But we're getting some tabletop ones. We are. Yeah, you karate chopped. Dude. The, yeah. Is it tonight? Okay. We're yeah. good. Um, so, you know, I had my first pedal that I got when I was a kid. I played, I had a bass. I totally shifted gears here, but we were on some boring old guy shit talking about extermination. Um <laughs> It's not but, boring. Everybody's going to need that. <laughs> um, but, you know, the first pedal I ever got was a Big Muff. Yeah, I had a okay. bass and I wanted to distort it. And I knew that, like, that was how you got a really thick bass sound. And uh, and it was the green one, the big yeah. Russian one. It okay. came in the wood box and, and, and the big ass button in the middle and one big knob, you know. And uh, I... No, it didn't have one big knob. I mean, it has three. Um, but uh, I um, and some guitar nerd's gonna be like, actually, it has four and a switch. You <laughs> asshole. Yeah. Uh, no, but you know, and I had that one as in in high school, and then I moved and I forgot about it and and started to do my thing. And then a few years ago, you know, I was like getting really into like doom metal and stoner metal and stuff like that. And it's like, oh man, I used to have a fuzz and. And it was a big muff and it was a Russian big muff. Like that would be awesome to have. And I was like, it, it's gotta be in my mom's basement. And I go down looking and it it's there like spread all out in a box because my little brother, when he was in high school, oh, man, took when it I, apart? after I had moved, he took it apart trying to figure out how, how all it went together. Holy shit. And did you bring it back in pieces? No, no, no. It was, I mean, it was not all there but uh well, i mean we know we know some people that could honestly we know people that could probably fix it i could also just go to music around and spend 40 bucks on one because there's always a big muff at music around. you're right you know what that's <laughs> funny because uh for for kyle's birthday one day i bought him a big muff <laughs> and the motherfucker got it stolen he left it he left it over uh at this like known party house where we used to like always have after parties and stuff like that he left it over there and uh it got stolen and then you know what? I scoff at him and I'm like talking shit, but I left a fucking amp over there and it got stolen. Apparently you can't leave shit at party houses. I think that's the moral of the story. There's always like one moral per fucking episode. And that's the moral of the story is like if parties and drugs and things like that happen at these houses, uh, don't leave things that are expensive. And you always know these houses, this one fucking, it was a double and there was one side that was like, you know, all my friends and it was a band and a bunch of people. You go to the top of the stairs and they had kicked a fucking hole in the wall and you could go to the other side and party too. It was called the portal. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, fucking and uh I could I could literally I could oh spend the next five minutes just shouting people out from those days, but anybody who knows will just know. It's just it is what it is. The portal. The fucking portal. That's great. Speaking of leaving equipment somewhere, so this is a good one. This is a good story. So uh last year, no, not last year. Yeah, last year, two years ago, something like that. Um, I we played a show at Double Happiness. And I had my uh red ESP as my backup, my LTE. Mm-hmm. And uh I had it was in a just a little gig bag and it, it, I bring it with me just in case I break a string, never use it. And, uh, was probably hammered at the end of the show, packed up my stuff and left. And, uh, and then I don't know, this was like maybe th- four or five days. And also that guitar sits in my basement and it's off in the corner out you of still, sight. You out still of have it. Yeah. Okay. And, um, I, uh, this is probably f- four or five d- days later, um, do you know Knox? Oh, of course. Yeah. So he worked at Double Happiness at the time, and he uh, had been talking a couple days ago about how s- some stupid band left a guitar behind, and he took it home and was playing it. And then he posted a video on Twitter or Instagram or something like that, and he goes, I fucking love this guitar. And he's just ripped. And, and I was like, was that guitar? I messaged him. I was like, oh, was that shit. guitar in like a Fender gig bag? And he's and I was like on stage at Double Happiness, and he's like, "Yeah," and I was like, "That's mine." And oh, I didn't even shit. this was like a week later, and I did not even realize that I had even left my guitar there because it's out of sight, out of mind yeah. all the time. And yeah. then it took me almost a year to pick it up from him. Wow. So I mean, that's the cool thing is that it wasn't malicious. Obviously, if it, yeah. was, if it was malicious at all, he wouldn't have been fucking riffing on it totally. on the fucking internet. Right. He's got a he's got a lot of followers. Um. My very first guitar was a Gibson. I think I told you that before. It's actually right there. It's behind you. Yeah. I don't play it. It just sits down here. There's a fucking dehumidifier, so it's not going to warp or whatever. I take it out every once in a while just to make sure it, like, is still in there. It's a Gibson? It's a SG. Nice. Studio. (laughs) SG Studio. So it's, like, a decent Gibson. Yeah. No, it's a nice guitar, um, with the exception of I had it during uh, the Cap Tragedy days. Ah. So, you know... we were a little reckless. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, it stepped on. This is pre wirelesses and things like that. I mean, I'm sure they existed, but I was all about some cords back then. Um, had a fucking cord that you know, the input jacks are on the front of those. Yeah. And I had a cord on there, and either myself or somebody else stepped on it, or something happened, and it fucking ripped the input jack clean out. So I had a uh, bill over at German Village Music House. I had him relocate the input jack to the side. And then there's some kind of fucking makeshift, I don't even know what to call it, pick guard looking fucking thing on it covering what used to be. I always thought like, oh, I'm going to get it repaired someday, but I haven't. Uh, that exact same thing happened with uh, my guitar player in Symphony Apparel. He on stage was like going crazy and he fell on top of it. And yeah. The, and the on that jack SG? just Yeah. And the jack just. Yeah, they were notorious for that. I feel like I feel like everybody uh, that played music that time either had a Les Paul or an SG. They had one or the fucking other. Yeah, and everyone that had an SG had the problem with the input jack. It just that's how it works. It is annoying to me how little I took care of my equipment when I was young, a younger musician. Oh man, and and I mean it's it's 
it offends me deeply. I don't even take that good care of my equipment now. I'm not the kind of person who buys equipment that I'm going to be like, ooh, exactly. you have to set it down very nicely. Like, I I buy equipment that I know I can thrash. And yeah. I have three kids and, like, they go down in the basement and they fuck with my stuff. You know, and so it's like I have to be willing to, to you know, I'm not, I don't keep my stuff that that good. <clears throat> but I think about, like, I have a my first bass I ever got. I was in eighth grade. And it was a Aria Pro 2 um, that I got at that place here in Columbus. What was that place? Sweet, was it called Sweetwater? Uh, wh- where was it? Up on Sawmill and 161 area? Sawmill and 161? No, I have no idea. It oh. couldn't have been Sweetwater. I mean, it could have been. Fuck, I don't know. I'm but... pretty sure it was. Like a, a brick and mortar Sweetwater store. Really? From like, like, I mean, this was 1995, yeah. 96, something like that. Anyway, my dad bought it for me there. And, you know, looking back, it's like, those are actually pretty nice basses. And the bass got a lot of use. Don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. I played that for a long time. And it was my backup guitar when I or my backup bass when I was playing bass in Symphony in Peril. And, you know, we're just stupid kids at the time. We're all 19, 20 oh, years yeah. old. And there was one night we were playing in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And this is actually a very fond show memory because we were friends with this hardcore band called In the Face of War. They were like really good friends of ours. So we loved playing in Indiana because their shows were nuts. Mm-hmm. And we also like had a lot of prank fun with this band. And we it was really snowy and um but it was like big, wet, sloppy snow and, and it was gross and slushy. And we were outside having this like crazy snowball fight with them, which turned into just fucking with me, because that's how it always always goes and all of a sudden i get this just dump of snow on my head and i turn around and my fucking guitar player used my first bass as a fucking shovel shovel oh my god the front of it so there was like snow in the pickups okay so he was your guitar player so he knows the drill he knows there's electronics and shit in there it wasn't like your drummer i would expect that's such a drummer fucking move (laughs) It is, and I know I know you're like a, you're a drummer too, uh, and I got some drums right back here. So fuck it, I'm a drummer, I guess. But that's such a drummer move. Yeah, I mean, it was it. I was extremely angry. Yeah, but you know, it's just those kind of things. Like I just never took care of anything. Like I have this old bass, a Hartke bass head, and I was wanting to just just jot down some bass ideas at home, and I plug it in, and like you touch the jack, it's like <laughs> you know. I mean, it's just like there's yeah. knobs missing, and it's just. It sucks because I feel like I had a lot of good, uh, decent stuff that I would still like to have. But yeah, I think I, I think I already told. Did I already tell you like my first bass stuff? I thought I said this on a podcast. I'll just give you the high, the quick one just in case I already said it. But my cousin, I wanted to play bass. Uh, I wanted to start a band. That, I mean, that was like my fucking sole intention. I'm like, we need a band. Like, what can I play? I wanted to play drums. Um, we had a drummer. I was like, fuck, we need a bass? Okay. I told my cousin. My cousin came through with fucking bass equipment like a week later. It wasn't just any bass equipment. He gave, like my first thing, remember, I hadn't touched anything yet before. He gives me a Fender Jazz Bass and an Ampeg combo that is not your typical combo. It's a 115-1, it's like a 115-1.8 or 115-1.10. Big ass Ampeg combo. Uh, I know you're talking Roll about. away and a Fender Jazz Bass. That's what he gives me. Eh, I was influenced by corn. I'm looking at corn shit. I'm like, this ain't an Ibanez. In hindsight, dumb fucking move, right? But I really wanted an Ibanez, so I traded that shit in. I know, dude. It was this, a Fender, not a Squire? It was, it was a fucking Fender. It was a Fender jazz bass. Um, 
and I traded it into KRA Music. It used to be in Southland Mall when Southland Mall was open. Uh, and I'll never fucking, I'll never forget this. I traded in uh, my Ampeg amp, and I got a crate head because I did not want a fucking combo amp anymore. I wanted head, car- I wanted head cab separate. I'm telling you, dude, this is this goes hand in hand with kids not taking care of shit, like. These are life lessons I had to learn. This is the type of shit I try to pass down. Like, just anything. I'm like, kids, you don't understand. Dad has been through it. I have made some dumb fucking mistakes. Let me help you not make these mistakes. But then I realized, like, those are the same things that everybody told me, and I made those fucking mistakes anyway. Yeah. So it's just going to happen. Yeah, and you also think it it's, it feels like a mistake now, but at the same time, like, at the time, you know, you were trying, you were going for a specific sound that you thought was cool and you knew which equipment to use to make that sound. Not really. No, uh, no, I should have kept the Ampeg to make that sound. Um, <laughs> honestly, what I was going for is the fact that I thought combo amps were, were for, lame. Yeah, were lame as fuck. And I wanted, it was like bigger the better. You know, like I, I don't think like that anymore, but uh, I was definitely thinking, you know, Bigger is better, and you go see band. You go see like Converge for a good chunk of his set. Kurt Ballou's playing a combo amp loud as fuck. Wow, it's crazy. <clears throat> so you mentioned something a minute ago. Just uh, you said you know you have three kids. How many animals do you have? Uh, six. You have six fucking animals. It took me a minute. Like, hold on, wait a minute. Break me, break it down for me. So I know you have I've, what? I have Angus, the big ass dog. So you have a dog. Big old lab. Okay. He's 107 pounds. That's not a fucking lab. That's a horse. That's a a pony. It's a A Buick. Buick. (laughs) Yeah, that's a fucking Buick. That's a snarling Buick. Um, And I have Melvin, the Boston Terrier. Okay. And I. Named after the band or? Named after the band. Really? Yeah. So Angus, obviously, ACDC? No. What? Well, we. we, Beef? Just fucking beef? Beefy ass dog? Beefy ass name? uh, So. Angus was the first thing that came to mind as far as it was that it was like he was like a baby cow. Okay. I mean, he was the, when we got him as a puppy, he was huge, and um, and then but it was, so that was like it was like it was like Angus, and then we were like, but that's also like one of the best movies from the nineties. Okay, remember Angus? Yeah, and uh, and so it was like that, like immediately. You know, I remember loving the soundtrack to that movie. So it's still music, kind of music based. And then, you know, yeah, Angus Young, sure. Got it. That okay. Sounded really, so you that got, sounded really lame that I just kind of brushed yeah, off ACDC. Fucking, that's okay. It, because you know why? It, it's not that you're brushing it off. It's just, that's an of course. Yeah. Right? It's like, you don't really have to explain that. I mean, let me get my cred back. The dog we had before him, his name was Lemmy. Got it. So I'm back. Yeah, I'm you're back. back. So you got two dogs. Two dogs, three cats. Three cats. Uh, Chippy from like. Tim and Eric, there's my chippy. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. It's a, it's a, Tim and Eric is a, like a radio show, right? No, no. It was a, a, a Adult Swim Cartoon oh, Network show. Then no. So I am fucking horrible. I've told you this oh. on every episode. If it comes to seeing things or hearing things, if it's media, I know nothing about it. So go on. I thought it was a radio show. Chippy the cat, Penny the cat, Max the youngest cat. And uh, then, I had a cat named Max. And, uh, and then there's a frog. Goddamn. Na- named, well... To me, his name is Sticky Joe. To my kids, <laughs> it is Hopper. 
Sticky Joe was Sticky the, Joe is tight. It was the name that my son gave him at first and then changed his mind like 15 minutes later. I was like, nope, he's Sticky Joe to me. Sticky Joe. So here's something I've noticed over the past few weeks. So as we got the, the dog and you got to meet Holy the dog. Holy shit, man. You got to meet the dog. That dog is so... Alive. GD cute. Yeah, so that dog's so alive. alive. That dog's fucking all kinds of money alive. Um, <laughs> so one thing I've noticed is now that I have the two kids the wife, and now that I have two dogs, I have officially entered the fucking phase of calling everybody every other thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, dude, I don't know when that started. Like, did, is that, I mean, did I hit my cap? Was four my cap? Probably. I guess, oh, well, if, I guess, yeah, so four, it, once I got that fifth thing in the house to yell at or yell to or something, I cannot keep it straight. I mean, fuck, I went through every other name. One day I was just like, and then I was getting more frustrated. Like the more I did it and then the fucking, a different name was coming out. Like I was, I was about to just move on. It's so funny because like, I remember my mom doing that. I'm the oldest of four. Mm. And I remember my mom being like, God, whatever your name is, yeah, you know? And, uh, and I always thought it was like, man, like how, how do you even like mix that up? Yeah. It makes no sense. And then no. you happen to you and it's like, it's like, what is your fucking name? Yeah. Like it, <laughs> it, it, it's back to, uh, it doesn't matter how many times somebody tells you something, like you have to learn some things on your own. And I've always looked at that and been like, that'll never happen to me. Like I, I'm too good at, I'm too good at names. Right. No, that shit is happening for the last two fucking weeks, and it's actually made me feel a little bit crazy. I'm, I'm looking into all kinds of herbal supplements and essential oils and shit. Like I'm trying to get the memory back. I need some ginkgo biloba. (laughs) To be honest, I don't even know what the fuck that does. You just like to say ginkgo biloba. I'm not even sure that that's the right way to say it. Probably isn't. Like, uh, what's some other fucking... I need some other old... Like, I'm going to take, like, all the supplements and report back to you on the next episode. All right. Um, And your pronunciations of them. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Whether they're the right ones or not. Like, fuck it. We're going to roll with it. Um, so you had a, you had a, a reason for most of the names and then you said Max and it reminds me, I had a cat named Max. Uh, mine was actually from Max Cavalera. Ooh. Yeah. So I had, we had a fuck ton of cats growing up. Like my mom was that cat lady. Like w- one of our cats had kittens and we couldn't get rid of them all. And there was no fucking way they were going to a pound. So we kept them all and we had, um, monkey obvious corn uh we had chino <laughs> dude i if you can't tell i had a lot of pull in the naming category oh, man. uh we had we actually had head we had heads so we had head monkey chino we had max uh and then we had gizmo and that's about where my naming stopped then we had like frosty and snowball and i had nothing to do with those um and the re- when you said Max, and it reminded me of my cat Max, and it reminded me of Max Cavalera, I got to bring it up. Dude, have, yeah. you, have you listened to the new Nails like EP? Yes. Okay. I won't say I'm the, the biggest Nails fan. Like I just like them. Um, I don't know what it is about their recordings. I've never been able to vibe on their recordings. Like, But I saw that there was a song, and it was featuring, Ma- or featuring Max Cavalera, and I had to go jam it. It fucking jams. It, Dude. It jams so hard. It is, I wanted to go, I was listening to at work and I wanted to go out on the street and pick fights with people. I just felt just, I was just like, yes, I wanted to flip my desk. I oh mean, my God. Just, I'm glad you use that analogy too. I say flip my desk all the fucking time. Every time I'm mad at work, I'm like, I'm about to start fucking flipping desks in here. 
So I'm I'm not alone in that. Uh, yeah, no, I mean that's how I feel. Like I just want to be like, yeah, just like toss everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that dude. I'm I now I'm a huge nails fan. Mm. Like I'm a I'm a big fan. I do vibe with the recordings. I get why you might not, but there's just something thin about it. I don't know what it, it is. It's it it's it is. I the way I describe it is like you feel tired or you feel like you were beat up after you're listening to it because yeah. it is just so abrasive. And I think that's what I like about it is the fact that everything about that band, and it pisses a lot of people off. You should see whenever Todd Jones goes on, the singer goes on Twitter uh. and just starts talking like he talks because he's just one of those guys who talks in all caps and talks a lot of <laughs> shit. And it drives people crazy. And it's like, yeah. no, you guys, you don't understand. Like literally this band's whole goal is to be a giant middle finger. Just fuck you. We're loud. We're abrasive. We're pissed off. And fuck you if you don't like it. You know, I've, I've never seen them live, but they definitely strike me as the type of band that has, you know, seven guitar cabinets. Monster rigs on stage. I Like Todd Jones, he was in terror. Yeah. He, you know, he's like old, old. It's funny because you look at pictures of terror and pictures of betrayed and he's like got like white shirts and he's really skinny and, and nails. He's just like huge neck and he's on stage on stage with a with a uh leather jacket on just uh, fucking i mean yeah their their guitar tone on those songs though it i mean i can listen to it and be like god that's fucking great i love their guitar and bass tone i just wish i i just know that it's so much better live i need to catch him live because i know it's so much better live and uh for me like i don't know why the recordings piss me off so much but they do they just they sound too thin like they're not doing those songs justice Maybe that's what it is. I just feel like it's not doing justice. You also, you and I, you and I specifically have we come at guitar tone and and gear from different angles. Yeah. You you come like really crisp and clear and yeah. digital and 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 really everything really perfect and and refined. Refined, I think, is the right way of putting it. Detailed and where I my philosophy is like loud, noisy, messy. Yeah. You know. Okay. So it's it's an interesting way of looking at it because you could, I feel like if you do come straight at nails with this with that kind of mindset, it is, I wouldn't like it, and um, but I but I I think you know I just really like lots of noise and I see what you're saying though about the thinness part of that comes from the pedal that HN2 sound that Buzzsaw has a really high yeah it thin, just high I, end. I don't know I I just uh sometimes I just want to take it. And put it into the studio one and just add a little thump to it. A little thump. Yeah, and it's not it's not necessarily like it, I don't even want to say it's the the you know like you said coming at it and the the, the guitar and the me, not messy sounding but it's not that because like one of my favorite albums of all time and like if Alex Nida was still in town he would be able to call this out. There, there's like two albums that I listen to that you can if I look at you and go hey. What the fuck was I listening to on the way here? Like, that's a that's a signal to say one of these two albums, and it's fucking "Welcome to Viper City" by Recon, <laughs> and that album is a shitty recording. It is in the best way though. Like, I don't know what that fucking album to this day gets me so hype. Like, I've I can I'll mosh my car. I so fucking isn't like the last song is just like one open note hit. Like every the whole, 30 seconds. Uh, yes. Yes. The, the <laughs> breakdown gets very spread out. Um, and then the other one is Remembering Never. Never like, like that, babe. Really? I Man, got- Women and Children Die First is like, I mean, 
count me the fuck in. Those two albums I can listen to anytime. And I don't really, you know, I'm not straight edge or anything like that. So it's not like I, it's funny. I called out two straight edge bands, um, but it's not like I identify with the lyrics or anything. It's just, I fucking love how pissed both of those bands sure. are. I, let me let me back both, up. Both I, got shitty recordings, though. I got no problem with Remembering Never. I just never, it never resonated with resonated you. with me, and I've gotten a lot of shit for that. Uh, like, what? Like, that exact, like, what? Yeah, dude, I, I, because I like them so much. I don't know why I like them so much, but I like them so much. It's hard for me to think anybody that came from that era uh, doesn't like them. Right. You know, that. Is there any other bands you can think of? That record of? does sound like shit, though. Both of them do. <laughs> Both of those fucking records. Like, I feel like people are still trying to copy that recon sound to this day. And I found a band the other day. Man, I wish I could fucking think of their name. Uh, but I will absolutely butcher it if I even try. It starts with a V. Uh, Vamchura. Vamchara? Never heard Who of it. Who knows? Dude, it's something close to that. Whatever it is. I, it fucking rips. I'm gonna text it to you when you leave here. And next podcast, I want you to because you right, said you, you said you do like Recon, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Then you're gonna fucking dig this shit. Like it's the closest thing I found to Recon in fucking years. But are there any other bands back from that era that just to this day, like that's it? You just want to put them on every once in a while. They still get you hype because I have, uh, I have all of them. Um, Comeback Head, Turn It Around. Oh my god. Um. I, one of my favorites. That was my essential, essentially what like made me want to. Actually, it wasn't it wasn't that record. It was their six song demo they put out a couple years before that record came out. I had just graduated high school. Mm. I was like eighteen, and um, I that was that demo blew my mind. And then when Turn It Around came out, all of those songs were re recorded for the demo. So I already knew half the record. Yeah. And yeah, so I feel like that is one record I've been consistently listening to. Did for you did you years. like the broadcasting album? Yeah, I thought that record was awesome. Uh, you know, this is unpopular opinion, but that's actually my favorite album. And it's because they were kind of exiting the youth crew hardcore. Yeah, and they were getting into their more melodic thing. Mm-hmm. That that record to this day is a big influence on me and how I write. Like, That's awesome. Yeah, the broad and you know what's funny is the first uh the first song I heard off there was not how do I how do I word this? The first song was broadcasting, but I didn't hear it on the record. I saw do you remember the parody video that went around? No. Oh my god. So somebody was making parody videos because there's so many lyrics in there that don't sound like what he actually says. And there was this video that went around that fuck man it's like it talks about sunflowers and bob and like all this stuff like all the lyrics are different they did one for fucking fallout boy too. oh so it's that same style yeah. i've seen the fallout boy a million yeah times. it's it's the same thing where it's the real song but the lyrics and i read them and like they're to this day i'm pretty sure that i'm saying some of the fucking wrong lyrics <laughs> because of that but i actually heard that first and then i was like oh my god this new album rips like i gotta go get it and then i so i got the broadcasting album and then that made me go back and listen to all the shit before it. Um, Have you listened to the few they've put out after broadcasting? Yes. And they're really? all good. Okay, I'm I don't want to I'm not going to deviate far, but didn't you guys record How, what's the connection with you guys and Comeback Kid? Was there a connection? We were on the same label. We were both on Face Down Records. 
Okay. And we were the two biggest bands at the time on the label. So like we had both of us bands had the most attention. But didn't didn't Maranatha do something? Isn't I could have swore there was some kind of relation there. Oh, 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 oh. Um my buddy Joel, um, he's from Grand Rapids, Michigan. He played uh he he recorded uh Maranatha's um spiritless EP. Yeah. And he was the touring bassist for Comeback Kid for a couple okay, of years. Okay, maybe yeah. that's what I heard. Yeah. That's a little bit of a connection, but I mean Symphony Peril had a, like we were on the same label and we yeah. and we were the two bands that had that had the most like marketing budget and all that stuff. So we played together a lot, which was awkward because like their fans did not like us and our fans did not really like them. Oh my god. And you know, this is two thousand three, so hardcore kids and metalcore kids in the same room was never really a good idea. No, you got one trying to push and one trying to spend kick. Yep. That never works out well. Um trying to think you know this is something you know as far as listening to stuff from that era which let's let's call it 97 to 2005 okay sure i mean 2008 my my taste changed drastically through there but mine absolutely did okay i'm just saying like the the, i would say like formative music era for me like when i return to records from that time it's often when I'm driving because I fall asleep very easily. Yeah. So like that's stuff that I know, I know inside and out. Like if I put on kill switches alive or just breathing, like I can sing along to everything. I know every note, I know where every squeal is, you know, all yeah. that stuff, you know, uh, God forbids first couple records, stuff just, like that. I just want to take a quick poll, Jesse or Howard. Oh, Jesse. Okay. I'm glad we aligned. I think Howard Jones is awesome. I think he's way, was way better in Blood, Blood is the shed. shed. Oh, fuck yeah. He's awful in that Light the Torch band. Sorry. Yeah, not feeling uh, it. And I wasn't feeling it in Kill Switch either. But, but no. and I, I thought he was fine in Kill Switch. I think that that record's good. It's uh, the Alive, or not, I mean, End of Heartache. Yeah. In my opinion, I feel like they kind of sucked after that. But End of Heartache, I feel like had some of their best songwriting. Mm. Like they knew, they really were nailing it. That's a band that knows what they're doing as it is. Yeah. Because they're all like accomplished musicians with. Sure degrees in music and yeah stuff like adam uh, i saw adam play drums for unearth that's awesome yeah so I, I caught them on tour and he was the he went on tour as their drummer uh unearth that's a those dudes are fucking amazing musicians um but i don't want to i don't want to divert you uh, from that so kill switch jesse is a much more dynamic vocalist that's yeah. my thing it's like that dude's range is all over the place and he can sing yep and he can do like he did that like uh clutch sounding band seamless or whatever. And mm-hmm. he can do like hillbilly style, style singing, you know, that's got a little bit more swing to it. Uh, for people that live kind of in the country outside the city, like I, myself. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. I fuck you, Colin. I see where you're going with that. We're getting more houses out here. I, we were talking about this earlier when I said that you sounded super Ohio and this yeah. was something that happened this weekend. That was pretty funny. Um, as I did come back from Michigan after spending four days in Michigan with my family and I, I was just noticing um, last night, like my first night home when we were like, I was talking to people, I like brought back a little bit of my Grand Rapids accent, my Michigan, Michigander, you know, everything is yeah. very, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, because part of it's hanging out with my brother who lives up in the Upper Peninsula and he talks like he's from Canada, you know, and um, so that's funny, but that's not what I was going for. You guys were hanging out on the Davenport. <laughs> I lost my train of thought now. I, f- I fucking oh. fucked you up. You brought back the accent. Okay, so we went to church on Sunday. 
and uh, um, at like the church I went to when I was in high school with my mom, and uh, it's a it's a mega church, you know. So there's yeah. you know. 3,500, 4,000 people in there. Holy shit. And the, the stage is in the middle and it's like seating in the round. It's cool. It's very cool. It's not like one of those like really. Oh my Dude. God. Yeah. I am so sorry you listeners out there. Um, <laughs> but, um, it, you know, it's not like a one of these like really uh, fucked up mega churches where yeah. like the pastor's wearing $1,200 sneakers. Yeah. $11 million home and shit. Plugging Instagram's Preachers and Sneakers account. What? Preachers and sneakers. Is that a real thing? It's a dude that takes pictures of these mega church pastors and then shows like the listings for like the fucking Yeezys they're wearing and stuff like that and how much they spent out of your tithe <sighs> Man. on their clothes. It's I, it's, it's would, kind of mean spirited, but at the same time, it's like, fuck these guys. Dude, I would go to church. If, if like, the, if my <laughs> pastor was like, sh- and I said pastor, like, I don't even honestly know what kind of fucking denomination I'd be. Denomination? Is that right? You're on, man. Okay. I don't even know what I would choose to be nowadays, but if. I mean, whatever it is, it, they need Yeezys. Like, my guy needs Yeezy. My guy or gal or... Well, then maybe oh. maybe you wouldn't like this account so much because they're no, trying to that. make these guys look bad. Good. I'm going. Um, I'm going and Lincoln. <laughs> I'm going to link it. Uh, anyway, so I'm at church and this, this you know, I'm in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And the pastor, I later found out that he's from Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. But he was like talking about how God's love is for everybody. And then he's like, even those from Columbus, Ohio. And my mom sits in the front row in yeah. a fucking mega church. Yeah. And I'm like in the second row behind her. And I literally look at this guy and I just like put my hands up like, what the fuck did I do to you? <laughs> I didn't know that he was from Ann Arbor. My mom explained that to me later. Yeah. So it literally just sounded okay. like he was saying, fuck you to Columbus, Ohio people. That being said, back on the hillbilly tip. They finished the the music at the end with like some like hill. Like, why do I want to say hillbilly? I don't some know. bluegrass it's the same song. Same reason I, I say eleven hundred for every. Crazy I'm being. Number. I'm. But I'm being like really like classist. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, um, anyway, they finished. They 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 finished the worship music at the end with like a. It was like a Woody Guthrie gospel song so it was hmm. like you know you know like the train beat and it was a bluegrass song and they were you know i think maybe one guy was playing a banjo and it was it was like it was fun yeah um but that's kind of cool they they did they so they do a bunch of different styles appeal to everybody i mean you kind of have to you got a shit ton of different demographics yeah so they did this and it was supposed to be just kind of like an old-timey gospel thing and this whole church of white suburban western michigan folks are clapping on the one and the three and which is backwards of the way bluegrass works yeah where it's on the two and the four they were going or they're going i can't even do it it was so bad and i like am just how does this guy have the nerve to get on stage and diss people from ohio and then watch four thousand people not know how to clap to a country song you know, here's the difference between uh, oh, I was so pissed. A mega church in Michigan and a mega church in Ohio is they would have never been able to make that joke. You know, especially even people from Columbus, Ohio, without fucking some yahoo in the back going oh h. You know what I'm saying? That is true. Yeah, that would have happened. I can't. I mean, honestly, like even though the church was in Michigan, I'm so, I was kind of expecting that to happen. Like you should have just fucking done it. Just no. why? What do you have to lose? 
Well, oh, yeah, do. I guess, you know, in in hindsight, that would have been funny. But I was actually just hoping he would look at me going like this yeah. because I'm just like, you know what? Fuck you, man. <laughs> are they on like uh, are they on stages like like big stages? Yeah, it's a, it, the stage is probably about, I don't know, four feet off the ground. Was the drummer on a drum riser? No, the drummer is like in a drum pit on the side of the stage. Dr- OK, One I actually like- I actually really don't like the way they do drums there because you can barely hear them because there's like so sh- like there's like plastic panels, the plastic, and, like, yeah, and all yeah, the stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know. Uh, that was another reason why people weren't being able to clap on beat was because you couldn't hear the snare drum, but <laughs> who am I? Um, was it, was, did the snare drum sound okay? Couldn't hear it. Oh, you said you couldn't hear it. Okay. Uh, right, it. but, uh, I had another thing that was a totally different direction, but, uh, it's cause I'm done with that story. <laughs> anyway, I'm just, I'm just, I, I found myself. Wrap it up, Colin. <laughs> I found somebody. As somebody from, I consider myself like from Ohio now because I've lived here for yeah. half of my, more than half you're, of my life. A lot of your formative years too. Yeah. And um, so as somebody from Ohio, I was, I was deeply offended by that in my hometown. Yeah. Anyway, um, back to old guy stuff. Any part of your body falling apart? You got, you got that point yet? Because um, I have. I was actually going to ask you how this fucking chair is treating your ass bone because I'm wiggling. Oh, I'm wiggling, but I also, I, I lean, I, I lean, I lean when a I lot. sit, yeah. but I, my, like, I lean my body. So I'm like, kind of like hanging off the edge of it as it is. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to put a soft flex out there right now, but these chairs that we're sitting in are handmade. Nice. Yeah. By you. Fuck no. <laughs> That's something I, I truly have always wanted to do. I've always wanted to buy a welder and shit like that and learn how to weld. Like, I feel like that is one of the most manly things possible. And there's no better person to pick that up and uh, do that than me. Do it. Help me. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's how you take a fucking manly thing and you really ruin it when you look another guy directly in the eyeballs and you say, help me. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's like, that's how you fuck a man story up real quick. No, these, these chairs are fucking awesome. That's why they're, that's why I still have them, even though I haven't used them in two and a half years. Uh, They stay down here because they were really fucking expensive and i wanted them so bad and i told the lady i was like hey uh these fucking this now this is the hood part of me right so it's it's like from manly and flexi to the hood part i'm like hey lady uh if these chairs ever go on sale give me a call and i gave her my number and she fucking called me that's awesome yeah she's like hey there's fucking chairs you wanted are on sale and then i get there and she's like do you want the table too? And I'm like, fuck, how much is the table? And the table was way out of my price range. I said, Jesus Christ. I mean, for that, I could fix a dog's heart. Uh, no, that's not what I said, but, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I fucking, there's like three people that get that story now. Um, no, so the, the chair, it was way too expensive. So I bought some like shitty little table and then I had these <coughs> tight ass chairs and they're all metal, but dude, they're doing a number on my, my ass right now. I feel fine. You feel good? I mean, it's it's not like the most but comfortable thing in the we world. We both sit in chairs, you know, for the most part of our day. Yeah. We got some fucking expensive chairs at work, and they're no better than this. My my chair at work's a little bit better than this. <sighs> yeah, maybe I'm I'm being facetious. I'm I'm being ungrateful. But is any part of your body falling apart? Because I've I, mine is. I have sciatica. You know what that is? It's like something to do with your lower back. Lower back, side, all the way down to your knee. It's your sciatic nerve. Um, When I do certain things, it's fucked up. Um, I've 
I have shitty, shitty wrists. If I like, you know how you catch yourself? Like, and this is from years of skating and fucking them up and spraining them and breaking shit. And, um, if I put my wrist down the wrong way, or fuck, if I even lift weights the wrong way, like I fuck my wrist up, my ankles, I roll them very, very easy. And just as of lately, I'm trying to get back into running because my wife's a marathoner and she makes me feel like a total bitch all the time. Like she can just literally not train or do anything and go outside and run like 13 miles. Like, oh, that was a good introductory run. I'm like, I've never ran 13 miles in my life. <laughs> so I'm trying to run a little more. Dude, My if I don't walk, I mean like a fucking mile before I ever start trying to run, my knee is just like, uh, fuck you, I'm, I'm done with whatever you're trying to do to me right now. And it just gives out. What do you got going on? I got a bad neck. Neck? Yeah, so... I think about a year and a half ago, I started noticing some pretty constant pain and it's, it's, uh, the way I describe it best is, you know, like, it's like all the time it feels like I slept on my neck wrong. Mm. Like the feeling you get when you're like, fuck man, I just slept wrong last night. That's yeah. how I feel. You all just the time. woke up saying that for the past seven years or something. Yeah. That's how I feel all the time. And, uh, I noticed that it was like after shows was hurt. Oh, dude, was, that's, you got a bang over. No, 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 no. I know what a bang over is and I get those, but uh, I was noticing after shows, it was like hurting in one spot. And mm. then, so I talked, I, you know, talked to my doctor, he gives me an x-ray else. I'm, I'm going to keep this story a little short. I, um, but, uh, he, and now I'm addicted to pain meds. <laughs> no, now I am a statistic in the opioid <laughs> yeah. crisis. Now I really believe, uh, belong in Ohio. But, uh, no, he like was, you know, he's was talking to me about his x-rays and he's like, in this part right here that like looks fucked up is yeah. this spot right here. And it's like, Oh, this is exactly where my neck hurts after every show. <clears throat> so my first thought is fuck. Like I've ruined myself because I've spent the last 15 years headbanging on stage. I've okay. ruined myself at it, age 35. And, uh, so I've gone through a lot of, you know, a lot of things. Like I went and got an MRI and then I did physical therapy and yeah. all, and all this stuff. And, nothing really really helped and uh he uh i my, my doctor was looking at my mri and he said i'm well now i'm going to you know um refer you to this spinal surgeon you know to see what he thinks and uh because i got it's arthritis in my neck and there's like bone spurs forming and my spinal cord is flattened at one spot and it's crazy and uh, this guy walks in. This is the this is the kicker of the story. This is what I was getting to. This yeah. this surgeon walks into the room, and he goes, "Oh, hi." I'm and he introduced himself, and he just seemed really surprised. And he goes, "I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't look at your chart. I just looked at your MRI, and I thought I was about to meet a 55 year old." What? And I'm just like, "Oh, <laughs> oh wow. no!" So did did they actually? Are they saying that? Yeah, you fucking headbanging. No, that's the thing. I I told him I was like, I've been I've I've been performing heavy metal music. That's how you always say it to people oh, who yeah. don't understand. Yeah, you got. I'm in a heavy the, metal band. We play hard rock. It's uh, <laughs> it's pretty jamming. Heavy metal like ACDC. Yeah, just like pretty that. much just like that. Um. My dog's name is Angus. Yeah. I mean, come on. Come the fuck on. But uh, is it a callback? That was a good yeah, callback. Yeah, that was. That um, but, uh, you know, it's not a good callback if you actually say that was a good callback. Um, but we'll, we'll let the people decide. <laughs> that happened on a podcast I was listening to yesterday. Oh, really? Where he said that was a good callback. Um, and I thought that was lame. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to take us away from this, but I like the fact that we actually know what the fuck that's called now. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. This is it almost felt embarrassing. Like I'm 30, I'm a 35 year old man who's been headbanging for 15 years. And now I might like be fucked up. Yeah. And he goes, Oh, he goes, this, he goes, that wouldn't cause this. And he, he goes, nice. he goes, he goes, that doesn't help. He said, it's not, it's not actively making it worse, but he's like, it's not going to help your comfort. I'm like, okay, good. Yeah. So he's basically saying if it hurts, that's your problem. Yeah. Um, but he said, he goes, he goes, anybody in your back, your family got a bad back? And I was like, yeah, my dad's got a bad lower back. And he goes, yeah, I think you were just dealt a bad hand on this. Oh. And so he's not going to do surgery. He said, I'm not going to, he's like, I'm not going to recommend surgery. I just, I feel like you're 35 years old. He goes, you're going to have to get surgery at some point, probably when you're like 60, 65. Uh, so they referred me to another person. And I finally found out last week that they're going to be essentially cauterizing a nerve that goes into my arm where the pain is uh-huh. like in the back of my neck they there's like an injection where they concentrate heat on it and they're basically just turning the nerve off it's not a motor nerve it doesn't it, control anything but they're literally just telling my brain to stop they're not fixing the pain they're just telling my brain to stop listening to yeah. it so <laughs> i i'm just gonna simplify it because there's probably people out there they're like oh man he got too technical like that's you know what that is that's a nerve abortion yeah, honestly, it's a nerve abortion. That's like when you were saying that, I was just like, you know, Colin was like, my neck, my choice. You know what I'm saying? That's what happened. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. Yeah, so I'm 35 years old and Getting doctors that- think that I'm 55. <laughs> so there's some, there's that. No, uh, there's a simple solution for that. Um, don't see doctors. That's how I live. That's going to... F- it's going to fuck me in the long run. Something bad's going to happen. I'm always like, you know what? I, I definitely downplay everything. Like, and I'm, I'm actually bad about this with my kids. Like my wife is, uh, she's the one that levels me out because something, something will happen. And she's like, we got to call the you know pediatrician or we got to call this. And I'm like, it's, it's walk it off. Like I'm definitely that person. I'm the walk it off person. Uh, and I think nothing is, um, Nothing is anything, right? I just think everything's this innocent thing. Like, oh, it's just a cold or it's right. just this. And fucking countless times, like, I'm glad that we that I listened to her or that – I don't even want to say I listened to her. I'm glad that I gave in to her wishes and, you know, took the kid to the doctor or something because it's something fucking crazy like strep butt. Right. You know? Yeah. There's one that I, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I do the same thing. I actually think part of it is – you know, because I know that both of us kind of grew up lower middle class or mm. lower class and um, healthcare sucks for, yeah. for people in that income bracket. I had, I had no concept back so, then. Like, sure. I went to the doctor. Sure. I had a, we had a family doctor, but I, I like, I don't remember going a lot. No, I will and, say there's a, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. But I'm just saying, I feel like there's that, that that's a part of it. Like we yeah. could, we grew up in a walk it off atmosphere. Yeah, definitely grew up in a walk it off atmosphere. Um, that like a single means, parent household. Yeah, you know same. we didn't have time to do that shit. Um, I did always go to my. I, I remember always going to like my, uh, you know, annual things. I went yeah. to all my annual stuff, but with the exception of um, when I fucking rode my bike into a two by four one time, which sounds like a weird thing, but it was, it happened, and I, you know, when you pull your lip out and there's that skin down in there that's like feels like real sensitive skin. I ripped that completely and I ran into a board. And then when I pulled my lip down into the mirror and looked, I could see my fucking chin bone. 
Yeah, and I was like, I was like, oh, all right, well, this one's a bad one. Like, I'm gonna have to figure this thing out. And I called my mom on a payphone. I'm pretty sure I called her collect because your boy was out just riding his bike. It's not like I had a pocket full of quarters. I'd have probably been buying some Reese cups with them. So I called my mom collect and got her to pick up. And I was like, and she didn't drive, so she had to get somebody to bring her to me, get me. We go to the doctor and. That was like, that was one of the worst, you know, worst things that I had ever been through. Um, my doctor growing up was Nationwide Children's Hospital. That's what's cool is to see that whole area expand and see all the ways that they actually help people. Um, I did a volunteer activity there just the other day and helped kids decorate eggs. Have you ever like been to the Ronald McDonald house or anything? Mm-hmm. It's fucking, it's, it's a trip. Like it's, it's a, it's an experience. Like if you're looking for something to feel good about yourself, like you walk away feeling good. Like I've never been so excited to just do just tasks. I'm like, what do you need help with? And they're like, well, we have 150 loaves of bread that need cut that like Katzinger's donated to them. I was like, fucking give me a knife. That's something that I'm trying to do. I, I, I'm not trying to do, but it's something that I think about. Like, yeah. You want to take your kids? Yeah. Like I feel like that's a good way to just teach oh, yeah. them empathy you know, like I, a few years ago with a church I was going to, we went down, uh, on the South side, um, where the train tracks are by green lawn, where there's like that, there was that big oh, yeah. homeless camp back yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And we just like brought people coffee and batteries and blankets and just hung out and mm-hmm. talked to people, listened to their stories and stuff like that. Cause that's the thing is like, even if, even if we do do a thing and the kids are not doing a thing, at least they're like. Getting, they're talking to people and they're yeah. like under, hearing other people's stories. We did a little bit of uh, um, at the Clintonville uh, Resource Center yeah. or something like that. We did – they do like a – you can go volunteer and you can, um, you know, unload food and, you know, help and serve food to the folks who are coming in to, to, who can't afford to eat other places and stuff like that. And, and we took our kids to that a couple times and I think they were still a little too young to really understand the gravity of it. But I think that – I feel guilty that I haven't done more introducing my kids to that stuff. But it's I, just it's just like there's so much going on all the time. I don't know how people make time for that stuff. I agree. Um, <clears throat> growing up, like every uh, every time we would pass like a homeless person or somebody asking for a spare change, like my mom not having fucking spare change herself would somehow come up with it. And uh, countless times we'd be out. And she'd be like, hey, you know, we'd be right by a, a restaurant or like a fast food joint or something. She'd be like, hey, go, go ask him if he wants us to, you know, pick him up a meal. And like she would pick up a meal. And I, I, I think I learned all that from her. Um, so even to, you know, even these days, like I, I see people standing on the side of the freeway and like uh, the early, you know, empathetic me wants to like hand over money. And then like the modern day skeptical me is like. You know, kind of like analyzing them like, but do you really need it? Are you one of those? Or And it, it, I I hate making that judgment call, but I feel like that whole scene is just too taken uh, taken advantage of by opportunists and drug addicts. And You know, I do have the one issue with uh, – because I, I know what you're saying, that, that kind of – that judgment comes in and that, that refrain of what I feel like – um, you hear a lot of people say, oh, he's just going to spend it on booze. Right. But then I think about it and it's like, okay, then let's fix the problem that got him here in the first place mm. in society, our cultural issue. Like, who am I right now? To, like, 
you know what if 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 you know this is going to sound bad but like right now if he's if he's going to go spend that money on booze like it's it's something that helped him get through another day yeah as much as i disagree with using that as the reason to get through your day right you know but like let so let me figure let's as a society figure out how to i'm not trying to go super deep here but let's as a society try to figure out how we under uh, get uh, mitigate those under underlying problems that inform so much of our poverty yeah no i I went real serious ever a second you didn't no and i didn't mean to take us in that serious that serious way but i i think the the whole moral of it is like i grew up not treating uh homeless people like any different i didn't think really anything different They, they actually were around quite a bit you know even in my skating days we used to see them at schiller park and it it got to be like that we'd skate down by city center all the time which is now the commons um and there was one, there was a bank down there. I don't remember what bank it was like Huntington or something on the corner. And there was one guy that was always there and we loved to skate that rail. So we would talk to him every time we went down there and it got to be where we like knew him and he knew all of our names. He knew Matt, he knew Kyle, he knew me. And we would stop and talk to this dude. And we made sure to skate that way just to say what's up to him. Yeah, It's like, uh, as much as I, as much as I hate to give in to the ones that I'm being judgy of, uh, there's a lot of good people out there like that too. And I, I, I totally agree. And and again, I think that that's the biggest lesson is to just listen to people, just mm-hmm. listen to them. Um, and then make a judgment call, <laughs> you know, but then, I, then judge the, the fuck when I was at that homeless camp, I remember talking to a guy and you know, it, we, you hear people say, Oh yeah, bum, get a job, blah, right, blah, blah. Right. And, and this dude lived in a tent in downtown Columbus yeah. and caught an hour and a half two hours worth of buses every day to go up to Delaware, which is a 45 minute trek mm-hmm. and, uh, work construction. Yeah. He's, he had a job. He just couldn't afford a house. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe cause maybe he did have underlying drug or alcohol problems that was inhibiting that maybe. But I mean, the fact of the matter is it's like, I would have, I, I would have never known. I would have just assumed that he was just some fucking bum. You know right, what I mean? Right. And it's that empathy of making sure you're listening to people, and I think that honestly is the the biggest problem we have as an entire culture across yep. the board right now is everybody's talking and no one's listening. Ironically enough, I say in a podcast. Well, you know, uh, so there are quotes that stick with you, right? And fucking, I brought up a quote last time, and thank you to everybody that hit me up telling me that it was uh, some some variation of Steve Jobs quoting potentially Henry Ford or something. So thank you to the listeners that reached out and schooled me on that when I was too lazy to Google it. But another quote and one of the best quotes I think that has ever stuck with me. And this is, this goes to my personal, this goes to my, like, you know, my family relationship. Um, it's a quote that says, uh, the most important things or what it what, well fuck now I, I just built this quote up so much. And now I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to misquote it. <laughs> Uh, the most important things to hear are the ones not being said. It's some shit like that. I don't know why I can't fucking remember this quote. I really do like it. I swear it's a good quote, but it's something to that extent. It's just about um, listening to people, and you're not reading, so I don't want to say read between the lines, but you know, finding finding what they're actually saying. Like totally. You know, and we see this in every form, not just words. We see it in pictures. Like you look at somebody's Instagram and you're like, man, they're fucking killing it. Like they're having fun. They're traveling. They're doing all this shit. But it's like they're only putting up the best moments of their life. 
You know? Did you see my Easter picture? Uh, was it kids the, outside on the grass? No. That was, I, I posted that later, but I had the Easter family pick challenge 2019, and it was, we could not get it. We were trying to get five kids to take a picture together. Oh, my God. Beatrice, my daughter's crying. Yeah. My nephew is crying. My other nephew is, like, looking weird. And the two kids that we thought were going to fuck it up, my boys, were both sitting there with, like, really nice smiles. Yeah. It's pretty funny. That's wild. We, you know, I, you know, just to bring this all the way back around, that's, that's all we did get out of Easter was uh, some candy and some good photos. And I'm glad we could still link up and do this podcast, Mm -hmm. um, despite Easter. Fuck you, Easter. Get out of my, get out of my face, Easter. Zombie Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. I'm one of those. Wasn't it weird that 420 and Easter were on the same weekend? Um, how, like everybody was making the same stupid jokes. You know, honestly, I, I, full transparency, didn't even catch it. But I will say that I would love to see, and maybe this is just the corporate slight data nerd in me, um, I would love to see this year's candy sales versus, like, you know, the last oh. 10 years. I would oh, like to yeah. see where that's uh, where that's at. The, the better scenario would be if Easter was the day before 420, because then all the Easter candy would be a quarter of the price. Ooh. Reese eggs. No joke. I'm in the, I'm in the grocery store today. And what what time are we at right now? About 70 minutes something like that? Uh, we could probably uh, slow yeah. it down. Yeah, 8 minutes. Uh um 8 after. But uh I was at the grocery store today. I was in line and this guy in front of me acted like he was in a hurry and then he like looks over and and there was like a huge line for the self-checkout. He looks over and there's like you know, the circle of, of, uh, shopping carts that are full of Easter yeah. candy for a dollar or whatever. And he goes, Oh fuck. <laughs> and he got out of line <laughs> yeah. and he like went over and I was like, don't mind if I do. And then just, you know, but it's just, people get stoked about that. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm typically one of those people, but man, I've been fucking packing salads like nobody's business. And tomorrow, uh, is, is, I mean, Chipotle day. I mean, no joke. The first, the video of episode one of this was a wake up call for me. I was like, holy shit, do I look like that now? (laughs) (laughs) I need to eat better. (laughs) I was, uh, I was, I was telling a story today uh, to a coworker. Um, He's such a well-dressed person. And I was telling a story like, man, I used to put a lot more effort in. And then I was reminiscing about, uh, there was a store called Dr. Mojo. Do you remember that store? Oh yeah. So I used to. It's now like called like the denim store or something like I that have no the idea. same owners oh really i guess it was like the the guy who owned that place was like the black sheep of the schottenstein family no shit i'm pretty sure well the, don't so, quote me on that but i'm fairly so certain in, in the in the days that uh, i was probably going to symphony imperial shows um and you we talked about like not you know girl jeans and skinny jeans like that's where i would go to get super skinny jeans like those super fitting jeans that weren't girl jeans in fact uh my most prized possession at that particular time was a pair of two hundred and eighty dollar energy jeans. Ooh, yeah, energy. And I, energy. I was like, I was like, say diesel. Say no, diesel. Ma- dude. It, but back then, like, you couldn't get diesel at fucking TJ Maxx or something like that. Nowadays, you can catch like some t- some diesel or some Seven for All Mankind, and they're at like TJ Maxx. But that's what I, I, I like where you're going. That doctor, like, because there was a time in like metalcore scene fashion mm-hmm. where it was like. Part of the deal was flexing your $150 seven for all mankind. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Crazy. Yeah. And what a weird time. I had $280 denim uh, and I go in there. Right. And like I tell the guy, I'm like, 
And this is my first like really skinny pair. Like, you know, I had worked my way down to these. It was a taper from kickwear down to these bad boys. And it was a, it was a couple year process. You know, we went, we went through the pipes, you know, and menace and they just kept getting smaller. And finally I was like, I'm ready to fucking pull the trigger. I'm ready to get, uh, you know, suit me up with the, with the spandex ones. So I go in and I didn't know where else to fucking get them. So I was like, God, you know, $280. Like, this is crazy. Uh, back then I was a size 29 or 30 waist. And I was like looking at these jeans and I'm like, where's the, uh, where's the length? Did you hear that? What was that? Somebody's playing with one of the Google homes. Oh, I call it the baby shark machine because that's where all the baby sharks could play. But um, I'm like, where's the length? And he's like, oh, no, no length. These are unisex jeans. You buy them in the waist size according to inches. And then we tailor them in the store for you right there. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. So sign me up. I it's get, like part of the cost. It was awesome. So they, I did that at Nordstrom's with a seven for all man. Yeah. Girl jeans. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so they, they measure me up. Um, I get these jeans and we used to have a guy's trip every year. It was like me, my two brothers and my cousin, the same cousin that bought me the base gear was, you know, that was like my dude growing up. Uh, so we used to go and catch like a Cavs game. I take my jeans cause it's like that time. Right. I put these jeans on. I think I'm just like flexing so hard. And like, they, they just looked at me and were like, what the fuck are you wearing? And I was like, you know, and then I went into flex mode. And these are $280. Like, what do you know about nice jeans? And they were like, those fucking jeans have a hole in the knee. And like, it was hard to argue with it. I was like, it was a strategic hole and it <laughs> it won't fray. Like, it's strategic. It's supposed to see my knee. And like, I, honestly, they made me feel real fucking dumb for having $280 jeans. But then I came back home and like the flex was back on. Like, everybody was like, oh, like, you know, I had the flexi jeans. On my honeymoon, we went to, uh, we were in San Francisco and- this was, you know, still... Hold on, hold on. Before we go, I told that whole elaborate story, and the whole point of it, like, literally the whole point was I had a 29 or 30 waist. <laughs> and that that's like, you said, oh, I looked at myself on the video, and I'm like, that's the way I look? Yeah, it was because I had an awesomely thin waist back then. Same. Honey, um, honeymoon. We were on a honeymoon, and we were in San Francisco, and one day we, you know, went to... We had all this wedding cash. We're walking down Union Square in San Francisco where all the flagship stores are for all the, it's like the shopping center. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> going to the diesel store because, you know, it's, it, we're coming out of that time, but at the same time, it was like expensive jeans were still cool. Yeah. And I have all this wedding cash and I'm like, I'm going to, daddy's going to splurge. <laughs> and uh, I bought these, they're amazing jeans. They fit, that's the thing, they fit amazing. They did. And they're, you know, and it's this beautiful brushed Japanese cotton or whatever the fuck. And uh, they were 220 bucks. Cotton what? Pants? The, the denim. It's Denim's made of cotton, isn't it? <laughs> See, I legitimately don't know. Somebody help us out here. Yeah, legitimately Denim's made of cotton. Know. If I'm not right about that, I'm going to be like really upset, actually. Because <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. It's anyway. the weirdest thing. Uh. I guess we do have Google right here. Anyway, uh, I buy these jeans and they have all this distressing and it's like really thin and like and threadbare and they're just cool. $230 jeans, something like that. And I wore, I, I only wore them like, you know, a handful of times before like uh-huh. that, that thin distressing in the back 
all of a sudden there was just like huge rips in the butt. And it's like, why the fuck are they making these $250 jeans? I, the price keeps going up every time I say it. By yeah, the way. yeah. Um, why the fuck do they keep making these super expensive jeans, these $350 jeans that, you know, fall apart after 10 minutes? I, I, that was just me being an old guy ranting. No. I don't know even where I was going with that. Uh, but well, yeah, I, that was the last time I splurged on a pair of jeans. Now I just wear Levi's only. So number one, denim is cotton. I just looked it up. Like you did, yeah. Fuck yeah. Like this is why we need a tablet or something close. Like I told you, because I'm using my phone to record the video. Like I need a tablet or something. Oh my god. So you know how I, many people listening to this are like, these guys are fucking idiots. I I gotta be honest. Never. I would have. You could have asked me like, hey, what uh, what three possible things are denim and like cotton would not even have been in the top three i don't know why the fuck that's blowing my mind right now but i hope that impresses other people as much as it's impressing me i'm gonna i'm gonna like i'm gonna that's gonna be my new quiz question oh yeah well uh what is denim made of like you know and I mean? then everybody like cotton you <laughs> yeah. moron yeah i have a so when i said earlier today when I, I made that joke i said um spider webs were foreclosed upon or i mean uh cobwebs were foreclosed upon spider homes that actually came out of a joke um, that my coworker, she thought cobwebs were just like, like dust decided to stick together in one area. Like she, she didn't realize that like it was old spider homes. No, it's spider webs that have stopped being maintained. Therefore, dust collects in them. Exactly. Yeah, but she just thought she was like, I just thought it was dust. Like literally, dust just forms, and like one piece grabs the other piece, and then it just keeps on going. So that's where that comes from. Um, I'm gonna just take a second i mean we're at an hour and 17 i think this is a good place to wrap it up we're going to start making these a little shorter um, damn pedal man let's get that oh, pedal out i here. will get that pedal uh one thing I'll, i'm gonna i'm gonna while i get this pedal out i'm gonna have you kick it off first do you have any uh trivial things that annoy you trivial things that annoy me yeah we've we brought this back uh yeah. several times um It'll be funny if this is the same thing I said last time because I can't even remember. But it's when you, like, when a child is making a noise. Is this the one I said last time? I don't know. I don't even know where when you're going with this. When a child is making a noise and um, you tell them to stop and then they do it like 10 more times really fast. Okay. So you went with the, you went with the family one. Like, 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 hey, stop doing that. Hey, stop doing that. I said stop, and then he looks me in the eye and goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And that Ugh. is universally, all kids think that's funny. Whoa! Universally, dads don't. I hands down agree. Um, that I mean, you'll catch a punishment real quick for me. I, I'll take some kind of electronic away. Uh, mine uh, comes from an experience I had. Uh, over the weekend or, or Friday or something is just uh, people who rubberneck. Oh my god! Yeah, people who rubberneck and like, it, I I'm not I don't really get mad at traffic. I get mad when stupid things cause traffic. And that being said, I'm a total fucking hypocrite because I rubberneck so hard. But yeah. I'm better at it than yeah, everyone else. It, 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 the rubbernecking thing, man. There, you got. If you're gonna rubberneck, you gotta. You, you gotta be good at it. You gotta know. I'm fucking when the right it. time to go. Holy shit! Yeah. You know, but like, uh, I go up 315 here in Columbus, which has a divider down the middle, a tall divider that you can barely see over. And there are so many times on the way. Ooh, look at that. 
You can uh, hang that on a necklace. <laughs> I'm going to put that right here. Check it. Flexing this shit. See? Um, I just handed Column a uh, shiny, bright chrome decimator pedal. But, uh, you know, it, it. there's so many times I'll be on my way home from work, and I was like, why is the traffic this far back today? Like, why is it so bad today? And then mm-hmm. I'll be sitting in parking lot for 15 fucking minutes yeah. and you get up there and it's like oh that's because there's a fire truck on the other side other side and that's all you can see is the top of the fire truck it's always the other side oh uh, my god now what what happened to me though is i was reminded of why i hate rubberneckers but at the same time this one legitimately was on this side and i actually thought about it later i was, I was hoping that everybody was okay there was this really fucking bad accident and it was right where uh the outer belt you can get onto the outer belt from uh, our north-south freeway 71. Um, so I was trying to go in the outer belt, and I fucking – I'm raging on people. I'm like, God, you fucking asshole, rubberneckers. Like, you guys fucking suck. And then I get up there, and I realize, like, ah, shit, it's a really bad accident. I had this little bit of guilt, you know? But, I mean – It's bullshit, I, I still fucking hate rubberneckers. It's bullshit. And I'm still better than they are. This is true. Yeah. All right, so I think this is a good spot to wrap it up tonight. Um, Heckin' Cool Dads podcast. We're still trying to get a website out there. Um, and I, you know what? I'm not even gonna lie. Like, I haven't tried. Have you tried? No. All right, yeah. So we still have plans to get a website out there. Um, it's not enough actually, hours in the day. There really isn't. We actually have a couple other things going on. Um, I talked to you about some shirt designs. Uh, so we should have some shirts coming. Um, hopefully they're universally... Um, appealing to various audiences. Um, we've also got some other fun stuff coming up. We have, we're gonna have our first guests. Um, you know, Hell City weekend. Uh, a lot of friends of mine will be in town. I have a, a lot of friends in the tattoo world, and a lot of them are awesome dads. And that doesn't necessarily mean they have to come on Heckin' Cool Dads, but I think it would be a good place to start. Have some guests on, so we're we're looking to do that very soon. Um, we've also been talking with a number of local breweries about being able to host our podcast uh, from time to time from the breweries, um, maybe get some behind the scenes you know, action with the brewmasters and things like that and, and, and just have some fun with it. Like I just, I just want to have fun with this. This has been a great new creative outlet to explore. I don't really know where it's going to go. Uh, we've had a lot of conversation about it, but it's definitely been fun to explore. He's so stoked about this. And I, Fucking and I- stoked. I'm just along for the ride, baby. Yeah. All right. Hacking Cool Dads, episode three. Peace.